in Eis Dalid of the Maimer. We learned that we have two categories of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs that ultimately make sense and mitzvahs that make no sense whatsoever. And the mitzvahs that ultimately make sense, they represent the ratzin that there is in mitzvahs. Ratzin is not something which is logical. Ratzin starts and exists way beyond logic. The mitzvahs that make sense represent the way that that Ratzin, that will of Hashem, is descending and coming into Chachma, and from Chachma it continues to descend, first on a spiritual level of understanding and appreciation, until it descends all the way down to the logic and understanding that we're, that we personally are able to relate to. The Ratzin that exists inside of mitzvahs is equal and the same in all mitzvahs because it doesn't make a difference if you're fasting on Yom Kippur or feasting on Purim. It doesn't make a difference if you're tying your shoes the way that it says in Halacha or you're engaged in some deep idea of Torah, if the reason why you're doing it is because that's what Hashem said and that's what Hashem wants, that reason is equal and the same in all mitzvahs. That's as far as the Ratzin is concerned. But then there's a different level of mitzvahs. And that's the way that mitzvahs clothe themselves in understanding. There's a reason for the mitzvah. In shaking Lulavanesa, you're accomplishing something and representing something. In making Kiddush on Friday night, there's something which you're doing for that Shabbos specifically and Shabbos in general and so on and so forth for the world around you. And that's the individual logic which exists in every mitzvah, that no two mitzvahs are alike and the same. And also the Ramach Pikudin in Ramach Ivrin, the 248 mitzvahs which represent the 248 limbs, that each mitzvah has its own function, its own objective, its own purpose, what it's supposed to be accomplishing. And we said that there's two kavanis, two reflections or intentions that you have in the fulfillment of mitzvahs. There's one intention that you have that I'm going to do what Hashem wants me to do. That's a general 
kavanu, which is the same in all mitzvahs. Every single mitzvah that you do, you're doing this because Hashem wants you to do it. In the language which is brought down, that ilu nitztavinu lachtev eitzim. If Hashem had commanded us to chop wood instead of to put on tefillin, then Yidin would be more physically fit. Then we would chop wood. Right? Because that's what Hashem told us to do. Why don't we chop wood? Why do we put on tefillin? Because that's what Hashem wants. And the same is true. Anything, everything that Hashem wants us to do, that's what we do. But then... There is a specific kavana, and that is you're about to put on tefillin. Reflect what the tefillin are about, what the tefillin are here to accomplish, and how you're going to accomplish that through the tefillin. So the Maimir says in Oishei, let's read Oishei together. V'zehu mashashnei ha'anyanim dechukim u'mishpatim him shnei anyanim klaliim shebechol mitzvah mitzvah. So the Maimir says, it's not just that there are some mitzvahs which are understood and some mitzvahs which are not understood, but within every single mitzvah, there is the aspect of the mitzvah that is not understood. In other words, the aspect of the mitzvah that this is what Hashem wants of us, and there's the aspect of the mitzvah that makes sense. The aspect of the mitzvah that is relatable, that is... Um, that is logical, that is accomplishing something specific, and we recognize that we need to do this in order to accomplish that. Clear? Let's see inside. Shabachol mitzvah, mitzvah, and every single mitzvah, Shagam ha mitzvah, even those mitzvahs which are edes, which are understandable after they were given. That means they reflect something, like bringing flowers to home to your wife. Umishvatim, right? Bring flowers home to your wife. What are you bringing flowers home to your wife for? Is there a logical reason why you're bringing flowers home to your wife? There's no logical reason. It's totally illogical. It doesn't make any sense. You went and spent good money on something which is totally useless. So what's the point? The point is it's reflect- <laughs> the, the point is that it's an ice. It's a sign of something. It's showing something. It's demonstrating something. So that's like the mitzvahs of Edis. The mitzvah, the, the mitzvah itself doesn't necessarily make sense. But after you have the context of why you're doing it, then it makes sense. And also the mitzvahs of Mishpatim, the mitzvahs of Mishpatim are logical mitzvahs. That means that the like the mitzvah of tsnius or kibadavaim, modesty or respecting one's parents. Sheyesh alehem tam. It has a reason. Sarich lekayim beikir mipnei Hashem. But when you approach this mitzvah, beikir, the word beikir is in parentheses, but it means that the underlying reason why you do every single mitzvah is not because of its logic, is not because it makes sense. The underlying mitzvah, reason why you do every single mitzvah is because, hey, miratzen Hashem, because that's what Hashem wants you to do. Kamaya chukim, just like chukim. Why don't you wear shatnas? 
So over there, you have nothing to say. Although the truth is that you could give a long class and understand and appreciate different messages and lessons that exist inside of Shatnas, but ultimately, Shatnas is something which doesn't make any sense. Basar Bechalav. So of course, Basar represents Gvura, Chalav represents Chesed. And there's the way that Chesed and Gvura should mix and shouldn't mix and so on and so forth. But ultimately, the mitzvah that we have not to eat meat and milk together is not a logical mitzvah. It's a super logical mitzvah. And you know that the reason why you're not eating it is because that's the Ratzin Hashem. That's the way that we have to approach even the mitzvahs of Mishpatim Anedis. Why are we performing this mitzvah? Because that's what Hashem wants us. The same is true, the opposite way. Shagam Bahamitzvahs. The chukim, even the mitzvahs of chukim, yesh hatam vakavana pratishabem. We have to recognize that even those mitzvahs, which are essentially supralogical, they're essentially beyond logic, but we have to realize that this mitzvah is not just whatever. So instead of chopping wood, I'm. I'm uh, what? What? I'm not wearing wool and linen. Okay. So instead of this, I'm that. It's not something which it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. No, I'm accomplishing something in this world with this specific mitzvah that I'm accomplishing. I'm, I'm, I'm performing despite the fact that it's a chayk. So yesh hatam shabam. It has a reason and a specific intention in, behind it. Mashal yidei kol mitzvah. This, that through every single mitzvah, the parentheses, gamma mitzvahs, the chukim, even the mitzvahs, which are called chukim, nimshach ar vigilei prati. There's something that you're accomplishing. There's something that you're doing. You're drawing down a specific light, a specific revelation. There's something that needs to be done that wouldn't be done without this mitzvah. We speak often about the analogy of looking under a hood, right? So if you look under a hood, there are certain things that you're able to immediately understand and appreciate what they're there for and why why they need to be there. This is helping this turn and that turn, which helps you drive down the road. But then there are other things that you're not sure. Why is this moving back and forth? Why do you need this and why do you need that? But ultimately, everything that's there is there to accomplish something. The things that you understand and the things that you don't understand, the reason why they're there is because there's something essential which they're there to accomplish. The same is true with the Ramach Pikud in the 248 mitzvahs. Every single mitzvah has a specific objective that it's trying to accomplish here in this world. And by performing that mitzvah, you're achieving a specific objective. So the mitzvahs which are illogical have a certain logic and have a certain a, a certain direction, a certain intention, even if you don't know what it is. And the mitzvahs which are logical, ultimately, why do you do them? Because Hashem wants you to. The Maimah continues and says, V'yisei and furthermore, D'chol echod mishnei inyan 
And we're splitting it up in general to chukim and mishpatim. Chukim are the mitzvahs which are completely illogical, and mishpatim are the mitzvahs which are completely logical. Each one of these two ideas, who inyan klali ba'aveda sa'adam. It's a general idea, this is something which it explains in the Friedrich Rebbe's Mimer, which this Mimer is based on the Mimer which the Friedrich Rebbe said when he came out of prison. It's a general idea in divine service. That means this concept of approaching Mishpatim with logic and Chukim without logic, but appreciating the ruts in Hashem that exists inside of every one of them, and the specific accomplishment that there is in each one, this idea is something that exists not just in our performance of mitzvahs, but in our lives as Jews, in every moment of our lives. Loyrak bekiyam mitzvahs, not just when we're performing mitzvahs, also in the general conduct that we have as Yidin. What does that mean? So the Maimer explains. The Indian Hamishpatim, there's an idea that you have in your life, in your divine service, which is called Mishpatim. Mishpatim means logic or judgment. Who Kamevur by Maimer, like it explains in the Maimer of the Fidik Rabbah, Lishbite called Dover to judge every single thing. That means you are approached with something whether it's eating and drinking, it's recreation, it's um, uh, reading a book, whatever it might be, you're approached with something to do. And you have to now judge this thing. You have to be shafited to judge it. Is this something which is appropriate for me to do? According to the logic that I have, the logic that Torah dictates. V'gam mitzad Even if the thing itself is not something which is prohibited in any way. There's nothing wrong with it. It's kosher, it has an OU and an OK and a CHK and a Badat Stirushalayim and it's kasher at 212 and it's and Chal of Yisrael, everything good. And Pas Yisrael. And Bishal Yisrael. It's everything good. And it's Mephushal. So there's everything good about it, but you still have to judge it. Just because it's 100,000% kosher. Glad kosher. Does that mean that you should be doing it? Tzarech lishkol heitev. You have to weigh very well. Im zel yigram chalishos be'eza mitzvah eminig Yisrael. Is doing it, which is 100% kosher. There's a mechitza down the middle, which is 13 feet high. And you can't see through it at all. But nevertheless, you still have to question yourself. Is doing this going to strengthen your connection to Hashem Tzum Gesund or weaken your connection to Hashem? Is it going to cause chalishos, a weakening, in any mitzvah or minig performance? If it's something which is going to cause even a slight weakening, 
in a mitzvah, in a minig, in your connection to Hashem, then you need to push it away and reject it, despite it being 1,000% kosher. That's the mishpat, the mishpatim, the logic that you need to use in your divine service, in assessing every single thing. What is it there for? And you're using your own logic. But, despite the fact that you need to use your own logic in your divine service, you also have to have a bitl. That means a person might mistake, mistakenly think that since Hashem wants me to determine, He wants me to figure out if something is kosher or not, if something is good or not, therefore I should rely entirely on my own judgment. The, the Maimer teaches us, no, that's not the case. You have to have an underlying approach of Chukim. Chukim means Kabbalah Sal. That means despite the fact that you have your own logic, and your logic is important, and a vital part of your divine service, nevertheless, you also have to have Kabbalah Sal. Kabbalah Sal means, you know, ultimately, that if your Mashpia, your Rav, the one whom you turn to for guidance, tells you, that something is good for you or bad for you, even if you think it's the opposite. You have to listen and do and follow with Kabbalah Sol. It's amazing. The Indian Chukim, the idea of Chukim, who Aveda, the Kabbalah Sol Malchushamayim, the underlying Aveda of Kabbalah Sol Malchushamayim, it needs to be not just at the time that you're performing a mitzvah, that you're accepting the yoke of heaven, and that's why you're performing the mitzvah, because this is what Hashem wants you to do. This has to be in every step of your day, in every moment of your day, that this is the beginning of our day. We put our hands together and we say, I'm bottled to you. Whatever you want from me, that's what I'm ready to do. And then you kick your own intellect and judgment and assessment into gear in order to think and decide and assess whether something is good for you or not. You understand? So this idea of judging and uh, of, of logic and super logic applies in our Avedis Hashem where everything that we approach we're supposed to judge but we're also supposed to have an essential Kabbalah all that goes beyond our judgment. And this dichotomy is something that Hashem expects of every single one of us. It's, yeah. it's two opposite things. Hashem wants us to use our intellect and to have bittel, which is higher than intellect. The reason why we have intellect is to use it. <coughs> to appreciate in each mitzvah why that mitzvah is there. That's why we have intellect. But we have to realize that as much as we appreciate and recognize and judge and understand, ultimately, our connection to Hashem goes beyond our understanding, beyond anything we could relate to. And that's what we have to emphasize as the cornerstone, as the, the, the foundation of our divine service. What does Lindchus mean? Push away. Lindchus, to push away.
we, we don't allow it to be. Good? It's heavy stuff. It's the bad thing. It's, it's, this is ultimately what Chassidus Chabad is about. Someone asked this yesterday. This is ultimately what it means to be a Chabad Chassid. To be a Chabad Chassid means to understand with your Chachma Bina and Das, to use your intellect to understand, and to know that your understanding is really the beginning of the Tzimtzum. Chachma is the beginning of the Tzimtzum. It's the beginning of Seder Shalshus, the contraction, the concealment. That means if you're understanding something, then whatever you're understanding is not its essence. So Chabad demands of us to understand and to recognize that our understanding is inherently limited, not just limited, but it's, it's a limitation. As much as we need to understand, our understanding itself is a limitation. That means if you could understand something, whatever you're understanding it is not, can't be what it's essentially about. It can't be its essential ratzen because essential ratzen is not something you can understand. It's not something which is given to logic. Isn't there an Indian, like, like, Na'od's Tchilasen B'Seifa, or B'Seifa Tchilasen or something? Absolutely. What, what, what does that have That's to do? That's in the Kaya Ah, okay. That's why in the Kaya Chamaisa there is no, no logic. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go weiter in Eisvav. Now, based on this idea that in every single mitzvah there is a concept of chukim, there is this idea of of super logical Kabbalah soul. So, based on this, the Maimer says, This is what it means that David HaMelech said that the mitzvahs of Hashem, the study of the mitzvahs, and the performance of the mitzvahs were his mirrors, were like a song to him. And remember, we had three explanations which we're going to now explain. Again, in the words mirrors, mirrors means a song, which means a pleasure. In other words, a relaxation almost from the tension and the stress of the outside world where he's running away from his enemies. Also, Zmiris means a praise, that it's singing the praise of every single mitzvah, how the whole entire existence, everything that's out there in the world is dependent on the slightest nuance of Torah. And finally, the word Zmiris also means chopping down that the mitzvahs chop down my enemies. So now let's see how all of these three things fit together, specifically with the idea of chukim, of the superological mitzvahs. We're explaining it now over here in this Ais Vav, but we're going to explain it through prefacing a deeper explanation later on in the Maimer in Ais Yud. We'll see that soon. But let's first learn this Ais Vav now. The Kavanas HaKosov Bechukacha the intention of the verse, when the verse says specifically, when David HaMelech said specifically, Chukim, he, Loila Hasug de Chukim, it's not specifically to only one type of mitzvahs, which is the mitzvahs of Chukim, Kiim Lechol HaMitzvahs. It's referring to all mitzvahs. All mitzvahs are this concept of Zemiris to David HaMelech. 
the kasher kiyumam, when you fulfill all mitzvahs, whether it's putting on tefillin, whether it's keeping Shabbos, whether it's um, not donning shatnas, whether it's respecting one's parents. So in every single mitzvah, and in the parentheses it says v'chein limudam, not just the mitzvah, the performance of the mitzvah, but also learning about the mitzvah, the study. It's because Hashem commanded and instructed. In other words, I'm doing it because that's what Hashem wants me to do. And all the understanding that I'm going to have in it is not an understanding which is changing my relationship to the mitzvah, it's just bringing it closer to me. But I recognize that essentially I'm doing it just because that's what the Eibishter said. In a way of chukim, then specifically are they these, this idea of zmiris. Just one second, I'm sorry. Then specifically, they are this concept, this idea of zmiris. What does that mean? So we said the three levels of zmiris, and now we're going to see them in the Maimon. The Indian who the idea is the Zasha Kalha Ailamis Betailim Bimitsius Lagabe Diktuk Achod Medictuk Eteira. This idea that the slightest subtlety in a mitzvah. So in mitzvahs, we know that there are many subtleties. Halacha has many subtleties, right? When you learn the halacha of a mitzvah, you see that there are the languages, piles and piles of halachas on the, the smallest mitzvah or minhag which we perform, right? So there are many, many subtleties. And we spoke... Yesterday, how important each of those subtleties are. That if you're missing one subtlety, then the whole mitzvah is not accomplishing what it's supposed to accomplish, right? And the same is true also in Torah, like we've discussed. How in the words of Torah, in the letters of Torah, even in the tagin, in the the crowns on the letters of Torah, each letter, each word, the, the one letter in in in, in a pasuk about Sukkos teaches us how the sukkah is supposed to look, what the sukkah is supposed to appear like, how many walls you have to put up, etc. One letter has huge implications. So the, the, the words of the Torah, the letters of the Torah, the, even again the crowns on the letters of the Torah have huge meanings. The slightest subtleties in the Torah have huge meanings. But what we said is not just that they have huge meaning, we said that the everything is bottled. The entire existence of the world is negated compared to the slightest subtlety in Torah. Negated? It, it's, it's, it's non-existent. It's, it's, that means that everything is dependent on Torah. And the subtlety in Torah is something which has an effect on the whole entire world. Remember we spoke about the butterfly effect, etc. So this, that, this, these subtleties in Torah and mitzvahs have such a huge effect. The Maimer says, <speaking in Hebrew> 
This is primarily in the level of Ratzoin, of Kesser, that exists inside of every single mitzvah. Because ultimately, when the mitzvah comes down into Chachma, where it's being split up to a mitzvah that has a specific function, a specific accomplishment, it's doing something. So, in that sense, go back to the analogy of looking under the hood. So yeah, every single thing that's under the hood is accomplishing something. But there are plenty of things that if you take them out, your car can still run. And there are plenty of things that if you take them out, then you could bypass whatever problem is going to occur with some patch-up job and still allow your car to run, right? In other words, if there is a specific function which this mitzvah is supposed to be accomplishing, Ramach Pikudin Inan Ramach Ivrin, each limb has a specific function. And yet, you could take a limb from outside and transplant it into the person in order to, um, uh, to replace a limb which isn't working properly. You don't need to have the limb of the person themselves. And at times a person can even exist without certain limbs, Rahman al-Islam. You don't need every single limb in order to be able to live. So if you're looking at the specific objective and the specific accomplishment that each mitzvah is doing, on that level, you can't say that the entire existence is dependent upon one subtlety of Torah, because not the entire existence is dependent on one subtlety of Torah. One specific purpose, one specific mission, one specific objective within creation is dependent upon this subtlety. But not everything, right? Let's read this inside. Again, this that the whole world is negated is not important compared to one subtlety diktok echad in the study of Torah. Who beikar mitzadzeh This is specifically as a result of this that the source of Torah is in the level of Keser, which is higher than Chachma, Shemitzad Bechina Zu, that as a result of this level, HaMitzvahs, the Mitzvahs, V'chein Kol Diktukei Halacha Shabahen, and the same is true with all of the Diktukei Halachas, all of the specific subtleties inside of their, the, the rules of each mitzvah, doing each mitzvah precisely so and not so and so on and so forth. This is because that's what Hashem wanted. Which is super logical, which is beyond logic. The level of Torah, as this is drawn down into Chachma, since the mitzvahs and the subtleties in them, as far as the level of Chachma is concerned, it has a reason, it has a purpose, it has an objective, it has a function, right? 
if it has a function, then that function has a specific value. You can't say that there's no value to it. It's infinitely valuable. It's not infinitely valuable. It has a specific value. Now you need to assess what is its value and can you live without it? I could live if the heated seats in my car are not functioning. I could still drive it, right? I could even drive the car theoretically if the heat and air conditioning aren't working. The, the car still works. So each one has a function and a value and how uncomfortable am I going to be and, what, and so on and so forth. But that's if you're looking at it from a chachma level, then by extension, if you're assessing it from a chachma level, then that assessment needs to have a specific value. Hey mitzad hatam, they have a reason. If you want that the tefillin should accomplish what tefillin accomplished, so spiritually tefillin draw down this sublime level of into the worlds, this sublime level of intellect into the worlds, whatever that means. But if you want that the tefillin should accomplish that, if you're going to make the tefillin round like circles, as beautiful as you might think that that looks, the tefillin are not doing that. You're not going to be able to have the Meichen al drawn down into the worlds. So what's a world without Meichen al I don't know. Maybe it's a horrible world. Maybe it's a very dark world. Maybe it's a world which is very difficult to live in. Very uncomfortable. But it's something specific. You can't say that it's the whole Seder Shtausos. You can't say that it's everything. So it's not being if you want that it's full and it has to be specifically in this way. You need to make the tefillin just so. What does that mean? By extension, what that means is that it's not bottled to the world, it's accomplishing something inside of the world. If it's accomplishing something inside of the world, then it's part of the world, it's not separate from the world. So, excuse me, Chachma is inside of Seydesh Talshlus. And since it's inside of Seydesh Talshlus, therefore it's accomplishing something in Seydesh Talshlus. So if you're looking at mitzvahs from a logical perspective, then by looking at mitzvahs from a logical perspective, automatically the mitzvah has a relationship to the world, and you can't say that the mitzvah is infinitely greater than the world. On the contrary, the whole purpose and objective of this mitzvah is to do something inside of the world. Clear? Yeah? Good? Yeah. So then, how if outside of Shiddur's Talshans, all the mitzvahs are essentially equal in the eyes of Hashem, then how are they having nuances? That's a good question. Let me finish the ice and let's see if we could try to address it. Vilachain and therefore Medayik, David Hamelech specifies and says, Zmiris Hayuli Chukacha Davka in the parentheses it says, that means Chukacha specifically Bibes Megurai, that your chukim, your mitzvahs, were a song for me in the place of my fear, in the place of my um, imprisonment where I'm running away from my enemies. 
meaning the when his study is in a way that he knows and feels in other words it's true that if you look under the hood of a car then every single diktuk that's going to be there under the hood of the car adam the reason why it's there under the hood of the car is to accomplish something in the car and as soon as you recognize that then you realize that some things are more important and some things are less important you could continue to drive when the check engine light is on but not when there's smoke coming out of the hood shouldn't it? <laughs> But not a, th- 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 there are certain things which are more essential and certain things which are less essential, certain things which can um, impact the car and certain things which are just impacting your comfort inside of the car. So then the diktukim are spe- spe- specific to the car. However, David HaMelech, when he was looking at the mitzvahs, he appreciated that every nuance of the mitzvah that the tefillin are just so, is not just so that the tefillin should accomplish what the tefillin accomplish, but just like in general, putting on tefillin. Why do you put on tefillin? Essentially, because it's what Hashem wants. Also, the way that you put on tefillin, the way that the tefillin look, the shape that they are, the color that they are, the way that you strap them on your hand, and so on and so forth. Every single diktuk, every single detail and nuance in your putting on the tefillin, ultimately is not only so that it should be able to accomplish what tefillin accomplish inside of the level of chachma, of a logic, of understanding, inside of hishtal shalos, but rather because it's what Hashem wants. Why do the tefillin look the way they look? Why do they have to be like this and not like that? Why do they have to be strapped on this way and not that way? Because that's what Hashem wants. And that's the level through which if you're looking at the Ratzin of Hashem so that's what David HaMelech said Chukecha, though the, when, when David appreciated that all the nuances of Torah are coming because it's what Hashem wants Azai Nirgash then he was able to properly feel how all of the world's are completely non, non-relevant, not important, non-existent in comparison to the slightest subtlety of Torah. And this is the explanation of Zmiris, which means the praise of Hashem, the praise of the Torah, the praise of the mitzvahs. That David HaMelech is singing the praise of the mitzvahs, that the mitzvahs are so important that they're much more important than the entire world. And when he feels that the whole world is unimportant compared to the mitzvahs, therefore, automatically, the words of Torah which he learns, they are for him songs, meaning pleasure, and a gishmak, a calming energy, even in his troublesome times. And this is, again, something that we need to learn from David HaMelech, that when we're faced with difficulties, with challenges, 
with darkness. If we study Torah, and especially if we study Torah in a way that we appreciate that the Torah is invaluable, even the slightest subtleties in Torah are invaluable compared to the entire existence, to everything in the world, then that calms us down and helps us feel more comfortable in the world. So by David HaMelech specifically, all of the persecution which he was suffering from his enemies are not toifes makim by him. They are not important to him. In other words, they don't, they're, they're, they're not really imagine it's a mashal of the Chafetz Chaim but imagine you have um, the most precious diamonds and you have to bring them home diamonds that are so invaluable and you have to bring them home now if you want to bring home these diamonds the first thing you want to do is not call attention to yourself right you call attention to yourself, then you're endangering your ability to be able to get these diamonds to their location. <coughs> you have a winning lottery ticket, Simgazant. Thank you. So if you want to be able to bring this winning lottery ticket home, you need to make sure that you don't call attention to yourself. So don't go and drive a fancy car and don't go and dress in the, the most expensive clothing, etc. In order that you're, you have to forego comforts in order that you should be able to make sure that you could bring it home safely and then use it properly, right? So the foregoing of comforts that you have to endure are completely not, not relevant to you because of the excitement, because of this deep pleasure that you have in knowing that you have the winning lottery ticket in your pocket. Right? This world is basically the transportation of the most precious things. And those most precious things are these slight nuances in Torah, the most precious things that we need to transport them and get them home. So if on the way we have to endure certain persecution, certain discomforts, those discomforts dissolve when when I'm able to appreciate the infinite value, which is the infinite value, not the specific value, but the infinite value that there is inside of mitzvahs. The specific value, that's mishpatecha. Chukecha is the infinite value that exists inside of mitzvahs. When a person reflects and appreciates this infinite value that mitzvahs have, then a person is able to not pay attention to all of the discomforts which he faces in order <coughs> to properly connect to these mitzvahs. Clear? 
That's what David HaMelech said. All of the persecution which he was suffering from his enemies, they're not important to him because he appreciates the value, the infinite value of Chukacha, of Hashem's mitzvahs. And furthermore, through this, this causes that in the world it also occurs that way. In other words, when a person connects to the infinite value of Torah and Mitzvahs, not only does he allow himself to forgo the comforts of the world in order to be able to achieve it, but ultimately he causes that he should be able to have those comforts here inside of this world because of his deep connection to these infinitely valuable things, that those who hate hate David Amalek, those who are chasing after him, are misbattle, which is the third explanation of Zmiris, Zmiris Milashan, Lizamer Aritzim, Zmiris from the language of chopping down um, despots, chopping down people who are behaving um, in strong armed ways. What? That they no longer should be able to persecute me. So that's the explanation in the Mimer so far. But we're going to delve into an entirely deeper level. And that's this next Ois, Ois Zion of the Mimer. In Ois Zion of the Mimer, this next Ois Zion is a deep, a, a deep understanding, a deep appreciation which we're going to achieve through looking at the concept of Eidos. Because we really focused primarily in this Maimar on the contrast between Mishpatim and Chukim, between that which is logical and that which is supralogical. The middle level, Eidos, we didn't really focus on, we didn't appreciate so much. Why do you need the Eidos? Why do you need this middle level of mitzvahs which are relatable, but not inherently logical. What's the importance of that? And we're going to see in Ois Zayin the importance of Edis. And in, in seeing the importance of Edis, we're also going to understand a little bit about three levels of godly energy that exists inside of the world. And those three levels as they represent the chukim, mishpatim, and edes. Um And uh, hopefully from that, again, this ice, what we're going to learn tomorrow, it's, it's a deep... Uh, 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 some very deep ideas which hopefully we'll be able to properly understand but through understanding that we're going to appreciate on a whole new level this concept of Zmir Sayyili Chukacha so there's there's two concepts that I was just wanted to know how they apply to this um, and that is one the idea that there are certain um, commandments that a person resonates with versus doesn't resonate with, the ones that are, are particularly um, not just logical to them, but also just meaningful to them. And also the idea that there are certain 
khaytim that that a person you know from a logical stance or even from an illogical stance does or does not want so first of all we are not connoisseurs to be able to determine that this mitzvah is a mitzvah which I appreciate and this mitzvah is a mitzvah which I don't appreciate at the same time there are specific mitzvahs <coughs> which are meaningful to different people individually that means there's sometimes a person there's sometimes a person that has one mitzvah that this mitzvah is a mitzvah that he he really really touches him deeply it really affects him it really changes him So that's because his mission here in this world is to focus on such a mitzvah, to focus on doing this, but not chas v'shalom, to take away from the importance of him focusing on any other mitzvah at the same time. Just his specific accomplishment is in this kav, in this line, in this in, in this specific mitzvah. The same is true in the reverse. Okay, we'll stop. <coughs> we'll stop over here for today. Tomorrow, Rabbi Hashem, is Zion. Oh, that's how you answered it. The, right, Adam?